Welcome to the Future Smart Parent Podcast, a place where my mom explores how to help us kids develop a new set of skills we need to face the future with confidence. I'm Jude Filston, an introverted mom trying my best to raise kids who are happy and confident, kids who embrace all that makes them unique while preparing them for an exciting future that really looks nothing like the world we grew up in. I believe there's a whole set of skills that our kids aren't being taught. These skills will be critical for them to develop in order to thrive in the future. It's up to us as parents to help them develop these skills. The Future Smart Parent podcast provides resources for parents and kids who want to be ready for all the ways in which the future is going to be different from today. We will explore this future together, bringing insights from top futurists, resources from smart people working on making our lives better, and most importantly, stories of parents who are parenting a little differently, yet very much intentionally for a changing world. So join me as we explore how we can be future smart parents raising future smart kids. today's episode of the Future Smart Parent podcast. Today I am chatting with Kate from Be In Touch, uh, who is no stranger to the Future Smart Parent community. Kate is a mom to two kids and founded Be In Touch uh, when it became very clear to her that us parents needed some serious help when it comes to the online world uh, that we need to learn how to navigate to help keep our kids safer and saner online. I was actually chatting to Kate just last week when she mentioned that she was busy helping a couple of families whose teenagers were in the thick of sextortion. Sextortion, I haven't really heard of it outside perhaps it being, I don't know, the plot line of a really bad movie, let alone considered it was something that our kids, tweens and teens, were being exposed to. And according to Kate, it's not just a handful of kids. It's currently really rife and a problem that us parents need to help our kids firstly to be aware so that they're not caught out and secondly understand what it is so that if, God forbid, if ever it did happen to someone we know and love, we would be able to assist our teens navigate this really overwhelming and traumatic situation. Um, You know, I actually have goosebumps just talking about it. Um, And I just want to say that before I jump onto this call with Kate, my words of advice that I also learned from from her and the Be In Touch team is please don't fall into the not my kids syndrome. None of our kids, no matter what, are really immune to falling into this trap that these criminals um, who are doing their very best uh, to engage with our kids So welcome, Kate. It feels like a very heavy topic today, but one that is essential for us parents to be aware of uh, and to be talking about both as parents and with our kids. Um, It does feel heavy. And actually, yesterday I um, I did a post uh, on our social media that sent something along the lines of um, parenting was already the hardest job on earth. And then they went and created social media. So exactly. that is our world of parenting today. We can't avoid it. And I think what we try to do here at Be In Touch is just to make it as as simple and as easy as possible for parents. There isn't a formula. It's a very much feel your way through. Um, but being there with our kids as much as we can along this journey, loving that you are taking on our mantra, um, our tagline of safer and saner kids online, because it is both about 
yeah, physical safety and mental health, which is such a huge part of, of our society today. Um, and I must just say at the beginning, I come here as, as a humble, just a mum on a mission because I mm. myself am very aware of not falling into the NMK, not my kid trap, that yeah. um, I have, you know, learned along the way. I've also had, you know, ups and downs and experiences with my own teen son and my tween girl who's coming up and starting to get onto devices and it is hard and as much as I can share and I have so many common horror stories to share with my own family over our dinner chats you know still that teen brain is a very um amorphous little a thing we've got to try and grapple with it makes decisions that are not always uh made with the best uh, consequences and risks in mind, um, mm. best decision making. And that's at the bottom of all of this, I think, as we go through this discussion, is realize that we are dealing with brains that are not fully developed until at least age 25. And this prefrontal yeah. cortex, which is in charge of that executive decision making and weighing up risks and consequences, is just not able to cope with what they are faced with online. Absolutely. I think that's why we're here today, just to talk about one of those issues and one of those decisions that they might have to make and how we as parents can help them through it. Exactly, exactly. So, so Kate, I mean, what exactly is sextortion? So basically, it's just blackmail. It's very simply blackmail. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a crime um, and it's defined as um, cyber extortion under our Cyber Crimes Act. Um, basically, it's a crime that occurs when someone threatens to distribute or share your private and sensitive material and here i'm talking obviously nude pictures or videos if you don't either give them more pictures or videos or provide some kind of a sexual favor or in most common instances give them money to stop them from sharing it and and you i mean you preluded to the fact that this is happening on social media in the most past i presume uh, am i right mm -hmm. Yeah, um, social media just makes it so easy because it's easy to hide behind fake accounts on social media. And in addition, a lot of parents have no clue that it's happening, that it could happen to their kid, but also they're not on the same social media apps as their kids. So they're not sure, they don't have any insight or intel into what's going on there. So I think that's why we're seeing it absolutely escalating at the moment. And, uh, you know, in South Africa, we are not immune. This is happening from... Cape Town to Pretoria, it, I'm, I'm dealing with families all over that um, their children have have fallen into this trap. And um, I had a I had a mom, I was chatting to a mom the other day and she was saying, oh, well, we've taken my tween off Instagram, but she's allowed to go onto Snapchat because, you know, it's quite fun and she loves the filters. Is it happening just on Instagram? Where, no. where exactly is it happening? Well, I mean, you know, obviously we keep need to remember that predators will lurk in playgrounds where, where children like to play, right? So it's any social media and gaming app, you will find predators there. Um, this is These criminals are, are not necessarily, um, you know, what we're thinking of a traditional pedophile. These are just really pure criminals that have found really easy ways to make money. But they are using Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, um, Discord. Those are the main ones where they can very easily follow your child and then start conversations, which they then take out of that social media app onto something like WhatsApp and, and continue to their end game of really trying to extort money from your child. So then I want to know 
and and sorry, I mean this that's this is a byline and there's a whole bunch of resources available to parents for how to, on on Snapchat, TikTok, and and Instagram, and I'll post those actually in in the show notes. But I want to know how it actually happens because in my mind, if I think of my daughter um, who is a tween but kind of heading into the social media space. Um, like how on earth does it happen? Because if I think of her, there's not a chance ever that I think, oh my goodness, she's going to mm-hmm. end up sharing a nude. But again, mm-hmm. no parent ever thinks that their kid or, or young adult is going to do this. So how exactly mm-hmm. does it happen? Oh, it's happening so much more easily than we think. Um, and basically just because the teen brain is wired for positive feedback. So what's happening when they get onto social media is that they balance their followers, the accounts that are following them with the accounts that they are following because their sort of popularity, their social status is very much um, hooked onto that balance between followers and following. The more followers you have, the more popular you sort of seem to be. And it's we know it's very artificial. That's just absolute you know, BS. But they don't think so. That is that is what their end game is. So if they have a request from an account that they don't know to follow them, they'll happily accept it. They might not follow that account back because that would mess with their numbers. But mm-hmm. the, as soon as that account is now following them, they have access to their DMs, their direct messages. So um, it only takes mm-hmm. the account to follow them um, for the opening to for these criminals to 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 happen. So what they do, um, and, you know, from the investigations that we've been doing with um, police and private investigators, it's anything from a criminal sitting in jail who needs some a quick bit of dosh to pay off a warden uh, or buy drugs or buy something in jail to the more organized syndicates. Um, there are syndicates operating from Nigeria and Ivory Coast that are quite expert in this. So they put together an account and they particularly love Instagram because it's just so easy to put an account together, fake account and have a set of photos to make this account look real. Um, and they'll pose as a, either a teen boy or teen girl. Um, we've also had um, an account that targeted a boy in Cape Town. It was posing as a modeling agency. The account had a whole series of photos of boys probably age around 10, 11 to sort of 17 or 18, all posing without their shirts on in the gym. And, mm-hmm. you know, they They'll follow an account and say, "Well, you've you know you've got the look we're looking for, and um, you know this is how much money you can make. Let's let's chat about this." Um, they are also posing as sports agencies looking for new talent, and then we've also recently had one uh, aboard Afrikaans housewife. Her account looked, I'm putting her in inverted commas here, looked like um, it was just a series of photos of posing in her lingerie in her house. So they'll start a chat on on DMs on the social media app, and then they will suggest moving to WhatsApp to make it easier. Inexplicably, our teens give them their cell phone numbers. Again, you know, we can stand on our heads and talk to them about sharing private information with people they don't know in real life, but they do it. And Mm -hmm. once the criminal has your teen's number, they'll send um, an explicit picture or video just to get things mm-hmm. going and cite the conversation a bit. And then there's pressure for your teen to reciprocate. And yes, our teens do send them back. Why? Let's refer back again to the teen brain wiring and its need for positive feedback. 
So once this criminal has your teens nude, the demands come immediately for payment. And normally they would have um, gone through your teens account and chosen a friend or family, um, maybe a sports coach, something like that. And that'll be who they identify as um, the account that they're going to release this nude picture to, first of all, unless, of course, your teen pays them money. Um, Your teen will try to block them, but they'll just come back with another number. They just keep using new numbers. So now we're in the scenario where you've got a very scared, confused, embarrassed, and super stressed teenager. And most of them try to deal with it on their own because they are embarrassed. They don't disappoint their parents um, and they don't turn to a trusted adult to help them. And this is really where we're getting into this incredible danger zone um, where teens start thinking that there's no way out except possibly something as awful as suicide. I mean, it makes sense. You can understand, right? It's, mm. it's, it's spiraled completely out of control. And um, Kate... How can teens prevent it? I mean, apart from us parents. obvious to us, right? Don't share the image or the video with anyone. Anyone you know, because there's no place that nudes go to die, but especially with someone you don't know. But, uh, you know, I wish it was so easy to get that message through. So they need to check the privacy and security settings. I mean, absolutely need to have private accounts and social media because that makes it harder for accounts that you don't know Mm -hmm. to follow you. Because when you've got a private account, you've actually got to say yes or no to a follow. So Mm. it makes that decision process, it's just kind Mm. of one more step in the the process to help the teenage brain, okay? Yeah. So, and I think we've got to talk to our teenagers about really who they do accept follow requests from and that unfortunate level of um, cynicism that they have to have today about you know, who this account really is and um, what's behind it and and get them to try and picture this criminal sitting in jail um, (laughs) behind this otherwise beautiful looking account. Obviously, if they are in this um, in this situation, there are there's a whole process that we'll talk to um, and and go through. But it's it's very much about raising and continually talking about this awareness that people can pretend to be anything and anyone online. And I suppose it just also comes back to the role that us parents play in this digital world of theirs. That because I know speak to any teen, no, none of them are really okay. Well, not none. Majority of them are not going to want a private account because it goes back to, well, they want the most followers possible because of that prestige of it. That's our role as parents is to help our kids navigate this and to to say, no, it's, it's either a private account or it's, it's no social media. It's tough, but, I mean, that's our role, right? It's, it's a primary safety procedure that we've just got to put into place. You know, it's like we teach our kids, you know, don't open the front door to somebody you don't know. This is, this is exactly the same thing. If it does happen, hmm. uh, God forbid, if it does happen, what should a teenager do to deal with it? Well, firstly, they need to know that they are not alone because they're probably just one of many victims being targeted by the same person or the syndicate at any one time. Most of these accounts, when we are are busy with a case like this, they are growing continuously. The one I was dealing with the other day, this was the board housewife account. When it started, Mm -hmm. it was on about 1,500. When I checked last night, it was already up to 4,800. And these are all men and boys that this account has followed. So you can only assume that it's a busy, they are, you know, juggling 
quite a few potential victims at the same time. Although your teen will feel scared and confused and embarrassed, we've got to remember that it doesn't matter the threats that this criminal is making, they are the ones breaking the law and it is a crime and that we've got to report it. So the most important thing to do first is to screenshot the messages on both the social media platform as well as WhatsApp. And you've got to do that before you block the number. So screenshot the message, um, block the number, um, report them to the social media platform, and then as well as to the police. And it's really important. I know a lot of us feel very jaded about that. Yeah. But um, reporting it is really quite important. We actually have in South Africa a specialized um, serial and electronic crimes investigations, aka SECI unit, okay. which investigates child pornography online child pornography related uh, matters which if a nude has been shared by a child to an adult this would classify as that there is a route there that we need to urge the teens to and we need to get the message out that they need to phone the crime stop number which is 08600 10111 and they need to ask for a detective so that they can report this and get this into the right um, unit Mm-hmm. Now, it is very hard to track cell phone numbers because the process of having them recorded is um, is flawed. And so a lot of these cell phone numbers that are used in these scams um, cannot be traced. So mm-hmm. it, it is hard. But we, you know, we're trying to build up a repository of active scams that are that are going on. And it is also very hard to get feedback from social media platforms because, um, for example, Instagram will, if it's reported, will follow an account for a while to try and see what's being posted. And if it um, infringes with the the guidelines of that particular platform, but Mm -hmm. if there isn't um, anything more than just racy pictures being posted, they will not have enough information to close that account down. So it's hard, but I think the more you know, people report a particular account, the more, you know, you know, you build up a bit of an evidence that eventually yeah. perhaps that account will be closed. However, that criminal will just go and open a new account. So, you know, this is what we're dealing with. Social media, there's very little recourse that we we can have. The biggest thing I think a team can do is to make it less viable, to make it less attractive for the conversations to carry on with them. So before they've blocked the number that these threatening messages are coming from, is to put a very simple message back. I have spoken to my parents. They are reporting it to the police for investigation because you have are in possession of child pornography. A very simple message like that. And we really just want to make it more attractive for the criminal to go and uh, carry on with maybe another victim, which is a softer target, which maybe looks like they're caving and, and pleading with them not to release the photo or the or the video um mm-hmm. you know saying look look I'm, I'm going to get the money and and you want your team to make it as hard as possible the danger is and and this is the unknown is that sometimes they do release the photo but quite often they don't just because it's a lot of pt and admin and they are frying many different fish at the same time this is part of the conversation we need to have with our teens that if they are in 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 our view stupid enough to send the picture in the first place they need to stand up and they need to really make it um, very difficult for that criminal to make inroads into, into their messages, into their phones and into their lives. I mean, as you say, it is a, ga- a, a numbers game for these criminals. It's, it's not, mm. They're not just picking on that one 
one teenager there, as you say, probably messaging hundreds, if not thousands. I mean, that account that you are aware of, of the board housewife that you're aware mm-hmm. of and you can see that growing, that just sounds crazy. I mean, why can't they, they stop the account? But uh, I suppose mm-hmm. they just go and create another one and ah, it's frightening. Okay, Kate. So that's what the team can do. And obviously us parents need to have these conversations with the team so that they know if this does happen and that it is happening, that that's what they need to do. But us as parents, you know, you have to get closer to your teen on social media. So uh, we always say, um, if your teen is on social media, you need to be there too. Um, and you've got to keep checking your teen's followers and talk to them about deleting the ones that look dodgy. Instagram, for example, has an in-app control called Instagram supervision, where you can actually see the followers that your teen either are following your teen or your teen has started following. And you can you know, go through them with your teen and, and an account that is following lots more than are being followed back should be treated as suspect because that is very likely an account that has some kind of reason for wanting to be able to communicate with, with, with those people that they or accounts that they're following. Then um, you, so that's the in-app parental control settings. So Instagram has Instagram supervision, TikTok has family pairing, Snapchat and Dis- Discord are very difficult to monitor. I mean, mm. they make it very easy for, for criminals. A parental mm-hmm. control like Bark would give you alerts on, yeah. on suspect DMs when they start in social media. The algorithms are, are also adapted for uh, stranger contact, for, um, you know, the kind of questions. What school do you go to? Mm. Um, you know, what age are you? So mm. those kind of questions would be flagged by Bark as something that you need to look into. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, a request for a nude would also be flagged and would 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 come up so that you could talk to your child hopefully and try and prevent it from happening i think making sure that your child can turn to either you or another trusted adult if this kind of thing ever happened to them is essential um and they need to know that they can get support from some adult and if it's not you then then who will it be and it has to be an adult Mm -hmm. that can stay calm and will help them get through the situation first you can have your you know intensive and an analysis at the end of it but initially they have to have 100% support and and calm and um and empathy because you know this teen brain is is you know an animal of its yeah. own it's, it's disposed to making incredibly bad decisions um and if you're lucky enough that your teen does turn to you for help you need to build that case you know, for future, that that you show them that you can stay calm. You suppress your emotion and focus on helping them first, um, and give them the assurance that you're always going to have the back their backs, no matter what they do or other people do online. If it does ever happen, then mm. as a parent, it is also also helping your child. From what I've understood from this conversation, it's helping them stop the conversation, tell them mm. that they've reported it. And taking it to the police using that number that you've provided, which we'll also put in the notes. Um, and I suppose I, I know that that you and and the Be in Touch team also assist parents with the process. So there is also that mm. route if they're needing, if they're feeling out of their depth. Yeah. So screenshot your messages. Put back a very simple message that says I've 
spoken to my parents and the police are involved and you have child pornography on your device, they'll be investigating and then you block the number. They'll come again from another number. You do the same process and um, report it to the social media platform, but also report it um, to your local police station or to Crime Stop. So I, I just have to say this also, this last thing from my parenting and, and hearing what's going on. I heard a story of a 13-year-old girl getting caught uh, sharing nudes. I just, and I know you will affirm this, 12-year-olds do not need to be on social media. I don't even think 13-year-olds need to be on social media. Can we just confirm, if you have got a tween, they do not need to be on social media, no matter how badly they want to. It's not about the funny filters and what they can do. It's just not a place for Mm. tweens. Look, I mean, the U.S. Surgeon um, General Vivek Murthy has just um, recently come out. His team in the States has just analyzed all the data that's um, been put together about the impact that social media is having on this generation. Mm. So he's come out quite strongly that he believes that 13 is is too young for social Mm. media. And um, literally, we are hooked onto this idea of 13 because that's generally the age that's put on the app stores. We don't realize that the app developers are not regulated like the film and movie industry is regulated. So they put any age that they want on the app stores. The real age rating, if you refer to um, an NGO like Common Sense Media that does reviews, um, their real age rating will be 16 plus. And even they are saying that, you know, they may be well underrating the age that, you know, hindsight is obviously a perfect science. So hopefully the regulation is going to come. It's going to have to be international regulation and better age rating. But I 100% agree with you that uh, yeah, until high school, and I can't give you an age because I, I, you know, I don't know what the right age is. And it definitely depends on the child and it depends on which social media app you are considering letting your child onto. But definitely at primary school, just don't go there. Um, please, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, they are not apps for children and definitely not apps for primary school children. So I guess we'll have another conversation. Another day will be the Amigles and the OnlyFans. And those are obviously the, the most scary apps of all, the anonymous apps. And those are ones that a lot of girls are actually selling nude pics on young girls, you know, 10, 11 year olds selling pictures onto OnlyFans. Whatever the platform is, and there's always going to be a new platform, it's about parents really understanding and knowing what are their kids doing, what do they want to download, and that there's some process of vetting and approval by the parent, and that the parent is in charge of what that child actually is allowed to download onto any device, whether it's considered a child's device or whether it's a family device. Gosh, thank you, Kate. Uh, As always, your research, as frightening as it is, is invaluable to us parents. To wrap this episode up, I think as a parent, it is scary. Uh, We can take two roads. We can either put our heads in the sand and pretend that this is not happening um, and deal with the consequences that will come, not if it will come, or we can equip ourselves just to understand these things better. And I think more importantly, and the privilege, I suppose, is to use this as an opportunity to connect with our kids, to have the conversations, to talk about it. Um, and, And there's no stopping. I mean, 
my daughter and I will often share uh, or, or view funny clips on YouTube that that are there. We're not saying don't consume tech, but what we are saying is just know what's happening in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, be cautious and and keep having the conversations until twenty five. <laughs> a long way to go (laughs) but yes exactly exactly no thank you kate thank you jude lovely to be with you as always we'll chat soon thanks for listening to the future smart parent podcast we hope you enjoyed our conversation as always you can head over to www.futuresmartparent.com to sign up to our email list as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes That's all for this episode. See you next time.